Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I, I, I know Thanksgiving is Thursday, but I, I just wanted to get a, get a jump on it and wish you happy Thanksgiving. Looking forward to a time with my family, as I know many of you are as well, but also spending this time with, with God's Word. Today, we are in the 11th chapter of Mark, the beginning of Passion Week, Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And uh, one thing I want to point out before sharing with you what God spoke to my heart devotionally in this chapter, um, Jesus is riding into Jerusalem on a young colt or a young donkey. And this is actually what was prophesied by the Old Testament prophet Zechariah in his book, Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, if you want to check that out sometime. Um, now, uh, what started speaking to me in this chapter was the focus on prayer. And it started with Jesus visiting the temple and chasing out the money changers, turning over their tables and all of that. And, and he quotes Isaiah 56 when he, when he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Now, here's the problem. Most people, when they read this and quote it and talk about it, Ignore the last few words of that verse. What Jesus quoted Isaiah as saying is, my house shall be called a house of prayer. That's where most people stop. That's not where Isaiah stopped. Neither is it where Jesus stopped. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, for all the nations. You do not understand what Jesus is doing here if you omit those last few words. In fact, you will end up with, a, with probably an erroneous thought. In Isaiah 56, verses 6 through 8, it's very clear. He's talking, God in the Old Testament through Isaiah is talking about the Gentiles, not the Jews, the Gentiles, and how there is a place for them to pray in the temple. And he talks about them being able to bring sacrifices as an offering to God in the temple. What made Jesus angry was that this marketplace of uh, exchanging money, of selling animals for sacrifice that the Jewish men and women would buy so they could go into the temple area and worship was this was being done in the court of the Gentiles. In other words, in, in, in this temple, Herod's temple in Jesus' day, you had the temple building and, and the outer courtyard, the court of, the, the court of priests where the, the, the altar was and where the sacrifices were made. Then outside of that was the court of men or the court of Israel where Jewish men could go. And then outside that was the court of women, where Jewish women could go. And then outside that, the outermost and the largest of the courts was the court of Gentiles. And that was the only place Gentiles could go. They could not move from that into the court of women, into the court of men, into the court of priests. They had to stay there. Well, they had turned the court of Gentiles, which was the place where they were supposed to be able to pray and worship God, into a marketplace. And Jesus was upset because they were not allowing a proper place for the Gentiles to worship God. They devalued Gentiles and Gentile worship. That is what angered Jesus. No place for them. Now, 
My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. You get it now? Including non-Jewish people. They weren't allowing that because they turned their place of prayer into a marketplace. Now, it's interesting. In this chapter, Jesus with his disciples is walking to Jerusalem and he's hungry and he sees a fig tree that has leaves. Looks like it's, you know, uh, harvest time. It's going to have fruit on it. And he walks over there and there's no fruit. And he curses the tree and may no one ever eat of you. And then he goes to the temple and, and chases out the money changers because they won't give the Gentiles an honest, good place to worship. And then the next day, they come back to that tree and it's all withered up. See, Mark, a lot of times in his gospel, uses what I call the sandwich method. Mark will start with a story but not finish it. He'll have another story. Then he'll come back to the original story. Think of it like a bologna sandwich, bread, bologna, bread. Here, cursing the fig tree that is green and looks like it should have fruit on it but doesn't, bread. Cleansing the temple where they did not give the Gentiles a place to worship and pray, that's the meat, that's the bologna. And then coming back and seeing the fig tree the next day in verse 20, all dried up, that's the second slice of bread. And then after seeing that fig tree, Jesus talks about prayer. In verses 22 and following, what's the point? The point is that worship includes prayer. Prayer is worship. They were not allowing uh, the Gentiles to have a place of worship. Listen, prayer is not just something we do in a worship service uh, to start or end a service, to have a, you know, it's a transition so people can get on and off stage. Prayer is actually worship. And so-called worship that doesn't include prayer is fake. That fig, bush, tree, whatever it was called, fig tree, had leaves on it. Looked like it should have fruit, but it really didn't. And so it's cursed and withered up. And Jesus is saying, the temple looks like a place of worship, but you're not allowing the Gentiles to pray? You got green leaves on the outside, things look good, but you're dead because prayer is worship. And without prayer, you're not worshiping. I don't care how much you sing or do anything else. That's the point Jesus is making here. Prayer is worship. And if you worship and omit prayer, looks good, but there's no fruit. And it's dead. You don't have worship without prayer. And then Jesus says, if you want your prayers to be effective, you need two things. One is faith. Verse 22, Jesus answers saying to them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Verse 24, therefore I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. Don't have time to dive into that. I just want to make the point. Faith is a necessary ingredient. Belief is a necessary ingredient to effective praying. But there's a second ingredient if you're going to have effective praying. 
and that is a forgiving heart, a forgiving spirit. He says in verse 25, whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. Whenever you stand praying, forgive, forgive if you have anything against anyone. Harboring resentment and bitterness and anger means your prayers are weak. Two ingredients for great praying, faith and a forgiving heart. Prayer is worship. So-called worship that has no time or room for prayer is fake. That's what Jesus is teaching in this chapter. I hope it helps you in some ways. God bless you, and I'll see you tomorrow as we continue this study of Jesus' Passion Week, his last week leading up to crucifixion and resurrection as we look at Mark chapter 12. Oh, and happy Thanksgiving, everybody.